are listening to Stories from Palestine podcast, a podcast recorded in Palestine and about Palestine. My name is Crystal. I am originally from the Netherlands and I am married to a Palestinian. We live in Beit Safafa between Jerusalem and Bethlehem and we run Singer Cafe and Al Chisar Bar in Beit Sahur. Before moving to Palestine in 2013, I worked as a teacher and tour guide in the Netherlands. I have a degree in history and in tour guiding and many years of tour guiding experience. Due to the COVID pandemic, tourism in Palestine came to a complete halt and that's why I started Stories from Palestine podcast in August 2020. This is the second year of the podcast with every week on Monday a new episode about the history and heritage of Palestine as well as the reality of life today. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. It's been quite a rough week for my daughter Louisa and myself because in the beginning of the week we noticed that we were getting sick and we tested positive for COVID. We don't know which corona variant we caught, but uh, it wasn't easy on us. And I had a couple of days that I really couldn't get out of bed. So much pain in my back and in my legs and in my head. That was the worst, the headache and the muscle ache. And um, now I'm recovering, but uh, still I have pain in my stomach and uh, my nose is now getting stuffed and I started coughing. So <laughs> yeah, it was not easy, but uh, it was good that I already recorded the podcast episode for this week in the previous weekend. So the only thing I had to do was to edit it. And that was something that I managed to do. And I think you are really going to enjoy listening to this episode. It's very inspiring. It's an interview with Salah Hanoun. He's originally from Jaffa, but he grew up in Balata, refugee camp in Nablus. And he married my Dutch friend, Ninka. And I knew them in Palestine and I met them several times when I visited Holland. And I knew that they were going for a very big adventure from the Netherlands to Palestine by bike. And during that long journey, they were active on social media. So I could follow what they were experiencing on their Instagram and Facebook accounts. And Ninka used to send me almost weekly an update on a WhatsApp message. So I knew a lot of the stories that they had experienced, but there was so many more things to know. And eventually Ninka didn't make it to enter into Palestine because of the restrictive rules by the Israeli authorities. And you will hear more about that. But Salah, he made it. And I saw videos of him reaching the refugee camp and seeing his family again after three and a half years. And that was very emotional. So when he told me he was coming to Bethlehem last week, I said, all right, I need to record a podcast episode with you. And when I told several of my friends here that I was about to do that, they were super interested to also hear the story. And I invited them to come to our Jisser bar, where we have also a cinema room where we can show films and where we can have small meetings, gatherings, and even music concerts. And we sat there and we listened to Salah and we couldn't get enough. 
So I hope that you will also enjoy this beautiful episode. Yes, we are here in Al Jisr in Beit Sahur with a very nice audience. And this is the first time that I do a podcast recording with audience because we have a very special guest and not only the podcast listeners, but people here in Palestine are interested to hear the story of Salah who came all the way from Holland to Palestine by bike. <laughs> and I think that is a pretty amazing achievement. And I've been following you guys from the moment you left until you arrived here. And I have a lot of questions to ask you. But before we go into the journey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and maybe also your wife, Nienke, who did the whole trip with you, but who couldn't make it to the last stop? Yeah, okay, so... I am Salah. I'm originally uh, from uh, Jaffa, but I grew up in uh, Naples, in Palata Camp. Uh, since seven years, I am in Europe. Since five years, I am in Holland with my wife, Nika. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> what is your background? Like, did you study? What were you doing? What were you working? Uh, in 2007, I jumped to Syria to study art and theater, acting, filming. But since I get in Europe, I, I start to looking for more my hobby than also my work as an artist. So the bike was the, the tools take me out of the couch or take me out to hit the forest or the river. So it's become my biggest hobby because I don't like gym and I don't like to, uh, I don't like to ice skating. I, I'm not good. <laughs> and Holland, you know. So the bike, it was the, the things make me really feeling free. Yeah. And can you say a little bit about Ninka? Ninka, yeah, I know her from Syria. After I know her, she come to Palestine, we get married, and then we move to Sweden and then to Poland. She worked engineering company. Yeah, but she's not like me. She's not artist. She's more office job. But yeah, after this journey, she, she now she switch everything to be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will get there. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. How did the two of you decide to go on such a long journey? When and how did that happen? Okay, the whole idea start in, uh, how I can I say it? It, it? it was a growing in my head before that we need to make a, like a journey for three months, two months. In 2020, in the new year, like the last day of the year, we decided to go to camp in the forest not to go to any party or something. No, we go to the forest and then we put the tent and it was minus seven. And then we get camping. And in that moment, we decide that we need to switch our life because we, we come to the point that we feel not bored, but we feel there is some emptiness start to grow in the house and in the life we live that I have a job, she have a job. She worked from nine till six, I work from nine till six. And then there is nothing like uh, can uh, charge us. Yeah, so we decide we have to get to these ideas to cycle at three, three months. Slowly, slowly, the three months become more <laughs> because we start to get more crazy about the idea. And then we feel like, okay, let's cycle in Europe. And then we get more crazy. And then we say, let's cycle to Palestine. And then it's become more crazy. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah. we'll tell it later. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... After this, 
in January or in February, I get corona, I get sick. And also in that moment, I was not feeling good uh, psychologist. Like I, I feel lonely, I just, depression. I need to do the trip, but just something with corona make me feeling not feeling okay, like to the routine, I don't know. And then uh, after corona, I get tired in, in corona. I get two, two days, I was not feeling fine. But in that moment, I decide this is a big sign that to change everything in my life. And also she get corona after a few months. And then this is a big sign also. So we, we start to, it, it was an idea and now it's become reality. It was, we need to do it. Anyway, we need to do it. And maybe to Pakistan, maybe we don't know. In 4th of July, we start. And what did you have to prepare? I mean, if you think about going away for half a year and you have jobs and you have a house and you have a life. So, so that, like what you leave behind and also how do you prepare for such a trip? What are the things you have to think of to organize and to plan in order to start? So when we start to make it as a plan that we need to leave as soon as we can, as we be ready, we, uh, we divide the responsibility like... I told her about the bikes, it's my responsibility because I am also bike mechanic. I am, I'm more with bikes. And so, uh, yeah, we need to choose which kind of bikes, which kind of touring bikes, steel frame, aluminum frame, all this technical stuff. And she make research about what's kind of sleeping bag, what's kind of, we have to buy everything's, everything's from zero. We had some stuff, but we realized it's nah. Like a tent, like a sleeping bags, like uh, clothes. We need uh, special clothes, special jackets, because we don't know where we need to sleep, and we need to be kind of uh, feeling uh, relaxed. Like we don't need to have any problem in there. And for us, we, we for us about the bikes and about everything, we make kind of a strategy that we have to fix everything by ourselves. So because we don't know where we sleep and where we will end. So this is a big research. So we start to look for uh, another YouTuber. They are also a traveler. And we start to make research about what kind of quality of the tools we need, how to be light. We are not managed to be light. We actually have you. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to get trained. We go to uh, official therapy to, to see how we train and get trained. Uh, I was working in Utrecht. Uh, it was uh, 30 kilometers from my house. So I start to cycle 10 months to my work. So 60 a day I was doing every day. And then she was help. Yeah. When she was free in, in, uh, in the weekend, she to train. So yeah, it's, it's become like a, <laughs> yeah, like a big, big, big organizing. Yeah. And if you think about the, um, the route that you wanted to take, because in order to reach from Holland towards Palestine, you could take many different yeah. routes, roads, countries, and there was also COVID, yeah, so you had yeah. to think about that. COVID was kind of the main reason that how we planned the road, because some country you are not allowed to enter, so we make a road around it. So the, the things with the, with COVID and road, we start to make, okay, let's make a line from North Holland to Istanbul, and then we, we see. But the road's not straight. We have to make zigzag and climb mountains. So we have a vision that which, which country we need to visit, and then we plan each month. We don't plan long term because we don't know if we need to come back, or if we need to make a turn. And in some country, yeah, we, we make a big turn. Like in, I remember in, uh, when we was in Serbia and we need to go to Bulgaria, 
the border between Serbia and Bulgaria was closed because of COVID. So we have to go to Romania. And from Romania, we cycle all the way and we go to Bulgaria to enter Istanbul, Turkey. So it's, uh, we make it like spontaneous. Did you, from the beginning, know a bit the idea of which roads you will take? Or while you're driving, how do you do that? Do you have maps? Do you use the phone? Yeah, we, we use a website called uh, Pike Map. And this website, we, you can plan your road. And he told you what, how high you can go. So first we go to this and we make a map. And then we download it to our phone, to the apps called uh, Maps.me. What's good about this app is free. So you don't need internet. So we download all the uh, maps we needed. Like let's say we need to go f uh, in Holland. So we make the, the road and then we download the hour. And then we start to cycle. If you are in Germany and we are reaching mountains, we make, we have to know, because the maps, what's good for it is that you know, you much know how, how much food you need to take or are you in uh, close to the people, civilized or not, because some foresters, yeah, we, we are two days. So when you went, how were you thinking about where you will sleep and uh, where you will eat? Like, what was your plan for that? We don't plan. We live a moment like we. This is the plan. Was the today we just go and then at uh, <laughs> at five o'clock when we feel like the it's become dark we start to hunt place. So we just put the tent. Can you tell a few experiences about that? Like to hunt a place. You're it's getting five o'clock. You're in the middle of a city or you're in the middle of nowhere. Like how, the, how does so, it so go? So this is the things like we we every day we start at six o'clock cycling or seven because we have to put the tent and take it out. So let's say seven, maybe eight if we are late, and then we start to cycle. We cycle uh, three hours and then we are breaking two hours because we have to cook because we don't go to Erston. We just eat or we go to supermarket and then we cycle three hours and we know that we have two hours to find a place. If we are close to the city, we try to get out of the city. If we cannot, we start to ask the people where we can put our tent in their park or something, because we know that we, we cannot, it's not allowed, some country, you cannot really put your tent. And the people was really helpful to, to help us to put the tent in their garden or in the farmers in their lands. Yeah. But the 90% we, let's say we do, we camp in the forest, in the river, farmers' lands, and let's say 10% if we are in the city, like Istanbul, you cannot, so we go to hotels or hostel. And as a cyclist, you you know later that there is an app called Warm Shower, oh. and this is very uh, useful uh, apps because it's like a place everywhere for cyclists. You can just go for free, and then you can contact them, and then you can just, like like a couch serving, but just for cyclists. And this was really helpful, yeah. And also you can you can get some infor information from them where you can go and yeah I mean I've I've been following you because you had all your stories on Instagram and I've been talking to Ninko on WhatsApp so I know some of the stories and I know that you had a couple of really welcoming people can you give a few examples of like almost like you get your trust back into the yeah, yeah. humanity. Yeah, we, we are so surprised actually about this because there's some fear, like to ask people. But when you when you start to do it always and and to not fear and to ask, you are so shocked how welcoming they people. Like in Germany, I was really shocked. Like we don't have anyone say no. Nobody and and 
<laughs> we have an, an funny story that we was in the middle of Germany, I think close to Frankfurt, I'm not sure, the village. And then we, it was raining like a hell. And then, so we say, okay, let's go to the cafe to eat something. And after three o'clock, if it's not raining, we continue to the mountain. At three o'clock, we uh, get out of the cafe and we start to back the bikes again. And some woman come to us and she told us, are you Salah and Ninka? And we say, oops, yeah. <laughs> you say, uh, yeah, uh, did you order croissant and cappuccino in the morning? And we say, well, yes. He say, I'm Anna, do you want a place to stay? We say, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but we can have a place here and there. She said, you know, just follow me. And we go to her place and it was an amazing place in the, close to the forest. She was actually a traveler and backpacker in India and Australia. And, and she was the, she rent her house from the owner of the cafe. And the cafe woman told her that we have traveler and then, and we stayed three days in her place wow. because we need to take shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep in a bed probably? Yeah, or it's like uh, a mattress, but yeah. yeah. We take shower and then make fire and then we, we because we need to rest. In, in, I think in that period, we, we, like around 15 days, we don't take shower and we are just in the mountains, climbing, climbing. So we feel like, okay, let's have <laughs> some place like a hostel or something, or we can find river or whatever. And then she just... And then she appeared, the angel. Yeah, angel. Yeah. yeah. Do you also have other experience like the opposite where you are cycling somewhere and you're hoping to find somewhere to stay and then nobody is uh, responsive? Well, I remember in, uh, we don't have a good experience in Serbia. I don't know why, like we, we finish uh, Bosnia and then we enter Serbia, it's, the people, not they are not welcoming, but they look at you in the way like what you're doing here. Yeah, so we, we, we from the face you start to know the people, like sometimes you ask, they say, I don't know, or you go there or you go there. So it's no. Yeah. So we start to, inside the forest but I can tell a story it was in Bosnia when we lost in the forest in that time we, we take a road because it was in the map and it's become dark and dark and dark and then we lost actually we, we cannot see the, the, the road is not in the map anymore and then we start to become dark and then we don't have to, we, we cannot go there we cannot go there <laughs> and yeah you start to feel uh, fear because the problem was in Bosnia is the mine, like there is a bomb in the ground. So this is our all fear, not about animals or people. Because if we put the tent, maybe we... <laughs> so this is was for us like, shit, like... So my mind started to work hard and I just tell Nika, listen, if anything's happening, I will make fire and I will sit here, you sleep, the morning we go. But yeah, you, you feel like you need to move because you don't know. So we continue moving till we see a car and it's like... a angel yeah and we just told him we are lost we we just he speak yeah english a little bit and then we he told us you are wrong you have to go back i told him i will not go anywhere i will just follow you and then we continue follow him around like eight kilometer inside the forest and then we sleep in his father's house it was a house in the middle of the forest just one house and it his father and then yeah you wake up and you feel like whoa <laughs> Whoa, yeah, how I achieved. And it, it was really intense experience and so beautiful and somehow because you, yeah, yeah. you keep pushing yourself to not. Because it, there, there's something with the traveling, you make you feel like it will be okay. Like you have to trust this, it will be okay. You have to trust, you'll, you'll be fine. 
Was that your most challenging experience when you got lost in the forest or did, were there other experiences during the way that were that you experienced as very challenging? This one is what's tough because, yeah, when you lost and you, about the mine, like about mine and bomb. I remember one, it was in Bulgaria and we put the tent and then we hear that this forest, there is uh, dub, uh, what's mean? Uh, dub. Bears. Bear. Bear, yeah. And we feel, oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to move the tent because it's, uh, yeah, I just told her I will not go inside the forest. I will try to be in the forest, but more close to the road because we know that the bear, they, they, yeah, yeah, this night I, I don't sleep. I, oh, I remember Ninka telling me a story that you actually, you slept in the tent and you did hear noises around the yeah, tent. Yeah, this, this is another story. This was in Croatia and... Yeah, it, it was at three o'clock. Uh, Ninka hears something jumping from that side and that side. And then we feel like, oh, what is this? I was asleep. And then she told me she just see a, no a nose <laughs> like this. And then he take the herring, it's me like the, what do you call oh, it? Oh, yeah, from yeah. the, the iron, yeah, yeah, out. And he tried to eat the food. And it was our mistake to put the food close. And it was a fox. And... Uh, yeah, and then she wake up me and she starts to panic. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I need time to, to wear clothes and I go out and he's, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. It was really... Well, I remember camping somewhere and there was a little, the hedgehog with the pointy sticks and was going around the tent and it sounded like there was a person walking around the tent. Yeah. And it was just a small animal, so I can imagine with a fox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was... Out of all these uh, countries that you you passed, what was maybe your favorite country or the most unexpected country that you liked? Bosnia and Herzegovina. Bosnia, it's it's it was amazing. It's like heaven. Like because the things, it's like a virgin. There is no a lot of uh, houses in the forest, and you just miles and miles, and there is nothing, and you just forests and mountains, and you lost, and you feel like scared. But because you lost, you start to look more about what's around you. And it's, it, yeah, it surprised me how beautiful it is. Especially the road between Mossad and Sarajevo. It's, yeah, I cannot forget this area. Most of the country, they are beautiful and nice. But this one, because it's, it's virgin and there is not a lot of cities. Or, and it's coming from the war, so a lot of people leave. So you see just empty houses sometimes. And yeah, it was intense and beautiful in the same way. Didn't you also go to Srebrenica? How was that? Palestinian or as a traveler because it's ah. <laughs> it's it's different feelings like for me I thought I don't like to be there because I come also from war so it's I don't want to be in this situation but I feel like in, it's, it's look like it's meant to be yeah it, it, it was intense place because where is the genocide happening so you, you go as a traveler as a freedom free but you, you know that this area was genocide and 8,000 people they cut their head and they play football with it. So there is a lot of story. You could feel it in the ground. Did you speak with people there? Yes, and we sleep in the house of somebody because we put a tent and some uh, two women, Fatima and Khadija, and then we see where are you from? I'm Palestinian. They love Palestine because you know, maybe it's Islamic background. And then we make a deal with Ninka. I told her, it's good that you don't say you're Dutch because we know that the history is that the from the UN, but Ninka, she don't know how to lie. Where are you from? Dutch. And she starts to cry. <laughs> they start to hug her. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah they, they, they are so happy. 
they're really welcoming. Yeah, Khadija, I remember she lost all her brother and they cut their head in front of her. So to hearing this, it just make me feel like it's in my sound. It's because I was also in, in Balata as a Isaf, like a medical, I was nursing in, in Intifada. So it's bring me somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah make me feel like. Uh, that was also interesting that you said you did that road trip as a traveler as a human being, but in the same time, you are a Palestinian and you have your own baggage. So, yeah, can you say something about how was it for you as a Palestinian? Most Palestinians don't have any opportunity to travel. They are stuck in the West Bank or in the Gaza Strip. Now, yeah, you married Ninka, you had the Dutch passport, you could do this. It's mixed feeling because because I have passport, I can travel, but also I know that if I don't have passport, I am like one of them, like... The one is locked down. So there is mixed feeling that, yeah, you have a freedom, but also, yeah, you come from area that there is no freedom. And But you start to understand what's mean freedom. And yeah, it's, it's happy and not happy because also my family don't have this freedom. So sometimes I feel kind of sad or, or shy to put some photo in Instagram to my family see it because, yeah, my brother, they never leave. And this is, yeah, it's a little bit heavy. I, I know that they are happy, but I know what they feel. So it's it's very mixed feeling and and this is in somehow what's keep me moving because I know maybe this opportunity I have it not a lot of people have it so I should use it in the way that to to see more. Yeah, I do want to get to that question like what this this trip did to you, how did it change you and where what is your next plans? But before we get there, um I want to hear a bit more of your travel stories. So do you have a couple of really good moments to share with us or crazy things that happened on the way that you say like, yeah, they really stand out in my memory. Like it's because there are many. So I, uh... can I help you? Because Ninka told me that you, you stayed in Istanbul, you stayed with a family and then you go into kind of a family fight happening. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just so weird. <laughs> like Istanbul is so big. Like you, we, because we enter from Bulgaria and then we continue cycling And we sleep in some village, and then we continue cycling to reach Istanbul. But we start to reach Istanbul in the dark. So I told Nika it's not good because I don't know where we need to sleep, and we never plan where we sleep. We just go and put the tent. But Istanbul is so big. So in the end, we re- we start to reach Istanbul, but from the north, I think. And then I asked uh, somebody in the street. It was really dark. I just told him I need to know where is some hot because we don't have any connection. We- And somehow he told us, follows, you are welcome in my house. And he was uh, a captain for, uh, it's a couch, like for football. So we go to his house and then he helped us. And we just feel like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, thank you. And at uh, one o'clock or 12, a big fight, a huge fight happening downstairs in our building, screaming. Like, actually, the Turkish people, they're so nice. But they are, if they are fighting, forget all the tea they, 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 (laughs) <laughs> they are so stubborn like they're really screaming and they hit each other and the police come they start to hit yeah it's I feel like we felt like home yeah 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 and somehow I told Ninkel now somebody have to shoot something like the gun so let me know this is not the lot <laughs> just come down yeah where's the bullet but, but it, it's something like this <laughs> yeah and then I start to feel shy to be there and I, I thought it's because us because our bike's down and 
And it was just like the apartment next to him and he feels shy. No, you have to sleep. And, and he feels shy because he bring me to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at six o'clock, we leave. Just <laughs> yeah. Oh, you left early. There was another story. I remember her now that she told me about a place where you also, you didn't have a common language. That person was a bit weird and you broke a key. There was something where you... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in... In in Turkey, it's in Turkey. Yeah, in Turkey, we we was in in a, in a cafe. We need to buy food, but in somehow we we start to know that in five o'clock we start to hunt. We need to find people to ask or place to put the tent. We ask Turkish two Turkish men. We tell them we would like to put the tent somewhere here. Do you know any area there? They don't speak English. <laughs> they just offer us tea, and we say we don't need shy. <laughs> So we start to show him the, the, the tent and the picture. They don't understand. No. <laughs> so we told him, okay, we go. I should say no. And then we stop. Okay, what do we do now? <laughs> we go or we stay? So in the end, he said, come here. So I feel like, okay, it's me. He will bring us. So he brings a shy. We drink shy and then we wait. And it's become dark. And I just feel like, uh, I don't trust this guy. I don't know. <laughs> and then she told me, yeah, we don't have any solution. And so we walk with him. And he have a house. And the guy, when we see the house, because you have to, somehow you start to know the people. Like you see a house, like a family house. You see small shoes for the children. You feel like you have a family. But it looks like he's the only one living now in the house. Okay, I start, <laughs> we start to put the bike and stuff. But I am between trust and not trust because, yeah, I learned this. So he show us the room, we put the things, and I just told Nika, we just sleep, and in the morning we just leave, because this guy is weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, he's, but it's just weird. So we put the room, and when, when we go inside, we, we lock the keys. And we know that he, he it looks like he's living alone, his family not there, and he's drinking a lot oh. alcohol. So we know it's there is a problem in the house. But he's, he's a nice guy. He don't really, he don't look like he's dangerous or something. <laughs> at two o'clock <laughs> Ninka wake up me and she told me the keys of the room is broke I thought so what we are locked inside that room and then he's still drinking in another room <laughs> and I just feel like what <laughs> she tried to go to she tried to, to go to the toilet but she broke the keys yeah. <laughs> and he drunk and he don't speak English and we are inside so fix it <laughs> so we speak in English but he don't speak any English <laughs> And we don't know how to tell him. I don't want to break the doors because <laughs> he's a drunk. Yeah, it's yeah. just so weird place. So I just feel like, okay, Palata away. Oh, I open the window and I jump from the window. And then I go inside and I just see him. I, don't, I just catch him. I tell him, just stay here, please. <laughs> and I try to open the locks and he's, yeah, yeah, look. In Turkish. In Turkish. And I just feel like this is so weird. So I told Nika, you have to jump from the window. Yeah. <laughs> so she jumped from the window and he still drink and he want to offer me drink. I told him, no, uh, no, please. <laughs> so she go to the bathroom and I'm just waiting in the bathroom because he's drunk. He, I don't know what he can do. He's a, a nice guy, but it's just weird. Like we, we broke his lock. <laughs> <laughs> he don't look angry, but he want to fix it now. And uh, <laughs> Man. And then we come back to the same window and we just told him bye. And then we close the window and we sleep. And at 7 o'clock, we just jump from the window, put the bikes, and then go. And the door was still locked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah until now. 
Oh. Yeah. Maybe he waiting till now in the door. <laughs> he think we are inside. That you are still inside. Yeah. All these guys, they slept really long. <laughs> they must have been so tired. Yeah, we just say bye and then thank you, shukran. And then we just left, yeah. And we have another uh, story. And actually this story, it's touched me in, in, in the way it's, it's weird, but it's touched me. It was in Croatia. And then in Croatia, we are between mountains. We go behind mountains and we start to go between the mountains. We don't go to the coast. But in this, in this area, there's a mountains in the left side and the right side. In the middle, it's cold. It's really cold because the sun not coming. So it's, there's a lot of wind. So you feel like cold. Anyway, we asked some woman. We told her we need to put a tent. She don't speak English. She say yes, but in the way that she just move her head. And then we use Google Translate to Croatian. And then and somehow she give an offer to put, because she have a big, big garden. So we put the tent, but she keep talking to us and look at us. We just feel like, did she want money? or We don't really understand. And then she start to cry. And I feel like, fuck. <laughs> There's something weird. And then she write in, in Google and she, we see, and actually she just say that I'm, I'm Anna, I live alone. My husband died uh, three months ago and I am teacher and you are welcome. And she just start to cry. And we just feel like there's something between we are here and her husband, we don't know. And then in the morning we use Google Translate to, to communicate. And we, she's, a, she's a teacher, she's a retirement. And actually 10 years ago, Two French cyclists, they come to the same place and they ask her when her husband was alive and she, he offered this place and it was for her like a memory that. And it, it was touching me because it's, and somehow you, you, you bring a, a nice memory to the people, but also, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mixed feeling. For me, with all the people we sleep in, and there are a lot actually, <laughs> because we are 200 days in the bikes, 200 nights. Some people, you feel that you add something in their life because they are lonely. So when you come with this story that we are cyclists, it looks like we, you bring a story to their life. But it's also sad that to show that a lot of people lonely. So and somehow this trip make me believe that, yeah, you cannot live alone. You, 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 whatever you have, money, it's... You are empty. And then this is why some people, they are really welcoming because f for them, we are, we, are, we are just a new story, new things in their life. Yeah, and they treat us like a children, like they're children. And then, and we would attend, no, you go inside and then food and stuff. And I, I remember in, in Romania, I think, they keep give, give us food and pork and stuff. And I told him, no. <laughs> I say, no, you have to eat. And <laughs> they keep, yeah, it's, it's, it was so special with, with all this experience. And then you went, you were in Turkey, and in order to reach Palestine, you had to do something because there is no way to go through Syria. So the, the, the plan is that from Turkey, we go to Antalya. From Antalya, we take a boat to Kobros. Uh, and from Kobros, we take a boat to Skanderi, and then we hit the Nile. But the thing is, there is no boat in this area. We... It's so complicated in Kopros because if you come from this side, Turkish side, to the Greek side, yeah, it's politically it's not okay. And maybe you have to buy fine. It's not fine. So we feel like, okay, we cannot 
go with a boat because we thought we can go with a sailing boat or something, but nay. So we uh, take a flight from Istanbul to uh, Cairo and then we hit Nile till Aswan all the way. And Egypt was for us, it's, it's a big bomb. Like it's, <laughs> like it's messy and the situation was uh, awkward because uh, Egyptian people don't really have experience with the cyclists a lot. So the first day we put the bikes one, and then we go, we cycle 80 kilometers. We reach a city called Bani Suef, and there a policeman catch us. And then he actually don't know what he need to do with us because what you are doing inside? <laughs> yeah, we are cyclists. I speak with him Arabic because I feel it's hell, but actually it was a wrong idea to speak Arabic with them. So he say you need something called insurance, like a car you need to follow. He follow you because you are not allowed to, to cycle in the street without uh, some police behind you. They call it insurance. I told him how we do it because nobody told me. He say, we, now I bring you back to the hotels and then there I will call you. He don't call. And there is nothing like that. Nee. Oh, there is no story that. about uh, somebody. For, nobody nobody wants to have the uh, responsibility and somehow to be uh, responsible for you. So we feel like, okay, we fly to Cairo, but we don't cycle. And it's for us disappointed. So... We stay two nights in the in the hotel in the hostel, and then I told her, "Let's just take a train after Peniswave." <laughs> and then from there, we just because if he want to send us, he will send us to Luxor because we are more far away from Cairo. So we do it. We have adrenaline. Yes, let's do it. And then we take train. We go to uh, Sohag, and then from Sohag we continue cycling. And then they catch us, and then they have start to follow us. And car by car, they, they cannot put us in the train. And in that time, I don't speak any Arabic. Because it, it was good to, to, to not open subject with them. And then we're just cycling, cycling. But it was tough because every day we have to cycle 120 kilometers without stop. Because there is no hotels between. So you have to go from uh, uh, Sohak to Qena, from Qena to Luxor, from Luxor to Aswan. There is no, in the middle, there is nothing. There's small villages and no, it's a side. You are in the middle of the side. Yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> 120 kilometers? Without stop, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a long day. Yeah, a long day, yeah. We just we just go to hotel, wake up and go. But we, we have a nice experience that we try to find warm showers in maybe. We don't know. And we found it in Sohag, in a Saeed. I don't know this guy why, but he, he was like an angel for us. So we contact them that we need to try to find in between some, some area we can sleep because some areas there's just 200 and we, I cannot do 200 a day since we have a lot of luggage. We are over, yeah, over 65 kilo each with water and benzene because we have benzene to make the food. So yeah, a guy and he have a group called uh, uh, Suhag Cycling. So wow, like a teenager from Saeed, they like cycling and then <laughs> they... Welcoming us, and then they, 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 they found a small village between these two cities. We feel like we cannot do it, and it's called Girga. <laughs> Amazing. Like, and inside this small village called Girga, there is also cyclist or guy he likes cycling. So he said they can come to our house. Wow. To sleep in a Saidi house in the middle of Egypt. And you know how tra traditional they are. So we cycled to this uh, village, 
with also the police car behind us. When we enter the village, it's like exploit, like all the people come to us. And then I just feel like this first time I feel not in some way scared, but I don't know what a lot of people. Like I just feel a woman in my face and she say, what's my cake? <laughs> and I feel like I'm Salah, I'm friend of this guy. So he bring us to his house and then his house actually in another small area in Girga is called Kharga Girga. <laughs> <laughs> so like more inside, like more. So we go there, and but in somehow we, we, we are so happy because you, you cannot have this experience all your life, like to be in, in the heart of Said. And that they treat us like, like, uh, like, uh, like uh, maybe we are the, still you are the, the first uh, Ajanib come to this area. So they they want to offer us to kill a sheep, and I say no, we are not. We need to leave tomorrow. So guy, no, and and Said, you have to be careful with them because if they say something, you have to follow. So I just told him, as if because now I start to speak Arabic, I'm Palestinian, but with Bulis I speak English or Dutch. If he understand it, <laughs> yeah, to to not open more subject. I don't want him to send me back. So in in Kharkagirga, we 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 slept. They separate us. A woman, they take Ninka and bring us up, and I stay down with a lot of, uh, yeah, from the family, and they give me jalabiya, and I wear jalabiya, and I become Saidi. <laughs> and they told us, like, they told me, tonight uh, there is a theater play in the center, and you have to come. I say, okay. <laughs> so we go to the, like, a center, like a culture center, and they have, uh, yeah, yeah, a group from Cairo, they make a theater play. But after that, we need to go, and then somebody, no, you have to make interview now. Interview. So the interview inside Gerga with us and with TV, and I just feel like, <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> and nice in some way, because I'm, I'm really happy, and feeling so safe. And even I ask the, because actually, when we sleep in the house, uh, a policeman, he have to stay with us. This is from the government. So the family of this uh, house, they tell the car of the police, you have to leave. You cannot stay here. Just keep one. And then when I don't see the car, I just asked the, the policeman. It's called Shawish. told him, where is the car? He told me, yeah, you are in the Saeed now. So, so don't worry. <laughs> you know, all this area and all these houses is for one family. So you are in the Girga family. So you are much safer than any place in the world. And, and there you understand what's mean culture and what's mean how strong the Saeed families. They, they, you are really safe. And somehow you feel like there's kind of understanding between the government and because, you know, traditional, they understand it. And if there is somebody, it's our guest, it's our guest. So he sleep in the same room <laughs> with his gun. <laughs> and I sleep in his, uh, in another side. Because, and I realized the first time that the Saudi people, they don't sleep in mattress, they sleep in the wood. So we sleep in the wood. And so it's amazing, actually, it's experience. And in the morning... A car cab, and then we continue cycling to Qina, and then to Luxor. But it was amazing, amazing, amazing. So you saw the pyramids? We, I saw it before. We tried to get with a bike to the pyramid in Algiza, but actually the police don't enter us with the bikes. You are not allowed. So we tried to take just one photo in the... And if I want to go inside where I need to put my bike, there is no... So we feel like... Uh, Another time, at least we are. We see it because we actually cycling around the Giza and Bermud is, is so big. You can see it far. from really far. But we see a lot of tambos and uh, Egypt. Egypt, it's it's uh, it's uh, 
It's Umm Dunya, like it's, it's, it's so amazing. This river with all these temples, it's just really like you, you, you need more than one month or two months. You need to live there. Yeah. It's so beautiful, yeah. so beautiful. And how did you get from Egypt to Jordan? Because I had a discussion with somebody about that. Because yeah. <laughs> was it with you or with I had a discussion with somebody. It's like, yeah, and then they drove to Jordan. They're like, hey, Crystal, you cannot drive from Egypt to Jordan because there's sea between it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that when we reached Aswan uh, to go to a Nubi village, and actually this is another story, Nubi village, because I want to see this Nubi people, because Nubi, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's a group of people, they are living between Egypt and Africa, So, and they don't speak Arabic, they speak Nubi. And I learned a lot about this uh, group. They, 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 their language, you cannot write it, and you cannot teach it. To, you cannot write it, and you cannot read it. You just learn it by, from father to son, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, we finish from Aswan, and then we go to, uh, we take a, we go to Luxor, and we tried to cycle all the way to Sina, but no way the police will let you. No way. So we take a bus from Luxor to, uh, to Sharm el-Sheikh and from Sharm el-Sheikh to Dahab. We stay in Dahab a couple of days. And then we go to Nubia. Oh, yeah. It's also in Sina. And then we take a boat to Jordan, like a big boat. And then from Jordan, we hit up to Wadram, Patra, Little Patra, Karak, Amman. I remember that Ninka told me that you, uh, because I sent her a website on how to bike in Jordan, but they said specifically that from north to south it's doable, but from south to north it's very difficult because it's all the time uphill and difficult roads. Yeah, but I mean, I'm Palestinian, she's Dutch, so we are step bare, <laughs> more than step bare then. <laughs> so we just go to, to take it from down. <laughs> it yeah. was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard. But we take it easy in the way that we don't really have any injured. Yeah, it's, but it's amazing. It's Wadiram, wow, to camp in the Wadiram. And then we cycle to Patra and then we, of course, we can go inside the Patra with the bike. So we go in the top be behind the city and we can see, wow, it's... Well, that, that's actually interesting because you mentioned that now for the second time. I never thought about that. If you have these expensive bikes with you that are not just your bikes, they are your home. Mm -hmm. You cannot leave them out of sight. I cannot, I cannot lose it. Did you, were you ever afraid, like especially when you're camping out somewhere, that you will wake up in the morning and not find your bikes? Did you lock them really well? Or this is yeah. It depends if you are inside the garden of somebody or if you are in the wild. I always connecting the bike with the tent, and I also put inside the bike some uh, my uh, cup, and my cup it's uh, from uh, aluminium. So if the bikes move, I am I can wake up. And then we try to put a lot of kind of stone so and connecting the bike. So if anything's move, I know. And of course I was scared, but after when you are in the wild, like who need to go to the wild to yeah. Like you can hear it when he when he arrived. Did you ever have uh, problems with the bikes? I know you're a bike repair man, so you can fix it, but you need also the the tools and the materials. In my bikes there is a bag just for tools, another bag's for kitchen to cook, other bags for uh yeah, sleeping bags. Other like we we make a house. Like each rooms, it's for something. This is for cooking. This is for fixing the bikes. This is for electronic and laptops and stuff. This is for uh, clothes and this is the front for uh, rain clothes. The cameras and top. So we know, and I can fix anything in the bikes. Anything. 
And because I was working with the bikes in Holland, so I get more experience what's kind of quality and how to... Because I build my bike from zero. I don't buy it. I just buy the frame and I build it. Everything's from single. So I know every small things in the bikes, how to wow. fix it. Yeah. Hey, and um, I'm going to go towards the, your arrival here. But first, you were planning to arrive here with Nienke. How did it feel when you got that email from Koget that uh, Ninka did not have the permission to enter? Yeah, it, it was... And somehow you know that this could happen, like, because we got in the ground, but it was surprised that, like, why not? Because uh, the plan to come here for a wedding for my sister, and I feel like she's the first uh, from family member, but yeah. So we actually, we call, and then they refuse. They say, just no. And she say, why? Just no. You can apply again. And then we know it's no. <laughs> and it's not because COVID, it's because me. So in that moment, we start to make a plan that, okay, what do we do now? I have to go because of the wedding. And then maybe she can wait me in Egypt and then we continue to Turkey and then we continue to Asia. But also Nika, well, she, she tried to change her career because all this trip, there's a processing happening with her every day. She was applying for another job abroad and they say yes, it's actually in Jordan. So we know that, okay, it means I will continue solo after the Palestine. So we say goodbye, she go to Dahab and then she Holland. And I am here preparing for the... Yeah, first tell us, before you tell us what's next, how was that to bike from Jordan over the bridge? I think you came from Allenby Bridge. Yes. And to enter into Jericho and then to bike to your home in Balata. I mean, I saw the video of you arriving there. Yeah. I don't know. Like, since I, I, I hug Ninka, she go in the bus and she go. I just say, uh, it's, it's become reality. It's my, it was my dream and now it's reality. Let's go home. So I just put the bikes and I, meet, and I just move. And I just hit the road and I go to... Because it's really... A man is high and then... So I just go down, 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 down. It was amazing with adrenaline and you just feel you want to go home. You want to reach house, the house. And, and somehow I, I was more fast than Nika because I'm alone and I can just don't have any rhythm. I just go. Yeah. Emotionally, I get emotional because when I'm reach the border, I just feel like it's, yeah, it's happening. It's reality. So I reached Jericho uh, in the borders and in in. in the border of Jordan, they told me you cannot put the bike. You can you have to uh, put the bikes part. You cannot just go. Yeah, they don't allow me. I just feel like it's just a bike. They say, yeah, and you, you should feel happy that we allowed you. So it's better that you put it apart because maybe they're written. So I put everything apart because I build the bike, so it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> and I put this, and then I put it in the machine, in the bus, everything. And in Jericho, I arrive in Jericho. I think uh, six or seven, and it was dark. Yeah, Australians don't say anything. They just eat, go, they say there. I say, okay. <laughs> okay. And then I, uh, in Jericho, okay, where well, I need sleep. Because I don't have the tent. The tent, Ninka take it because she need to camp in Dahab uh, 10 days. And I just told her, I will reach home, don't worry. It's easy for me to put, to sleep anywhere in Jericho. So in Jericho, I try to find some family member or friend of my brother. I sleep there one night and then I hit the road. To Tariq Tassayin, and then the road of 90, I think. And then I go to uh, Jericho, Rexin, Jeflik, Nasari, and then I hit Nablus, and then to the Palato, the house. 
definitely yeah just climb climb i don't stop i just continue climbing yeah i i, I was and somehow it's actually now i remember this feeling i'm scared because i don't know if i change or not and i don't know what they expect from me my family because this trip has really changed me a lot in the way how i look about the things so i'm scared that to uh, to be with them but i'm so excited to be with them so it's mixed feeling but yeah when i hug my mom I, it's it's uh, yeah, three years and over i don't see her i don't it's it was it's not okay and i i had covid and i i don't tell them anything and they know that i have i have some problem yeah i i make it in somehow i feel like yeah nothing possible you can do whatever you what what is it that uh, and this is going to be the last question and then we will watch also video that you made but what is it can you put it in words how you changed or how do you look different at the world through this trip like i, I will i will talk about different things first let's say about my family uh, i will not stop this traveling and of course the family they expect you yeah, this is enough you finish it <laughs> you come <laughs> But they, they don't really understand this is actually start something else in my the, the freedom I get or the idea of I can go anywhere. I never have it before. And now this has become reality of my, uh, like how, how I see the life and how, what I want to do in the future. So I'm scared that I disappoint them in the way that I'm not the same. I'm the same guy, but I'm not the same plan. They, 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 you know that I'm coming here or I come back. No, it's... And of course, yeah, my mom, she, she don't get it till I'm there. She told me, you're, you're just crazy guy. <laughs> just <laughs> come by bike. <laughs> yeah. The, the good things, you see, the, the other part of my personality, the conscious, like, uh, this is, I never know it will be kind of uh, really shining inside me. Conscious, like, you know about the dangers, but you don't see it. And this is actually training by, by, by traveling. Let's say if I want to put the tent tonight in this forest, I could feel this area much better than this area. And this is, I cannot really talk, I cannot really explain it. You just could feel about your unconscious, but this area better, or this people, uh, so you could feel it. And this is actually training by, in the trip. Yeah, it's, it's amazing actually when you realize that this voice inside you say no or yes. So this is, wow. Yeah. And about scared, wow. Before this trip, I have something psychological panic attack. And yeah, I, I'm 36 and I never ever thought in my life I will get to this pos position of psychological, I have panic attack, like wake up and then just scared like a hell. After seeing psychologists or seeing my doctors and then, they start to want to give me pills and stuff. And I just feel, no, no, this is not uh, okay. This is not, I'm, I'm not sick. There is something wrong. So I, I put kind of goal in my head that I want to be in the most scary situation, like sleep in the forest, living in the wild, to really experience what's mean fear. And what I get is the fear is an idea. It's not a feeling. It's actually an idea. And if you understand it's an idea, you can control yourself and you can win everything. And I think, and somehow I start to understand it's an idea. And that's it.
the human being, he's scared from something he don't know. When he know it, an experience, he's not scared about it. So I'm not scared because I'm in the lonely Netherlands or I feel depression. If I want to scare, I have to scare from the beer or from these animals. And I think I'm, I was okay. <laughs> I was much stronger than I thought. And yeah. And the panic attack before the, the trip, it was two months, like every three days. I just feel shaking like crazy. And I just, what happened to me? It's, and during yeah. the bike trip, that didn't happen? Yeah. It happened one time in Germany. And then it's gone because I start to do meditation every... Because also the bike is meditation anyway. And then it's just gone and I just feel like I understand myself now. Because you have to come back to yourself in the way that to know you, you, your freedom. You have to feed it. So this, so this means that you're, you're, you didn't finish. You are here, but you're going to continue biking. So do you have a plan? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a plan because now I will go solo, alone. So, of course, it depends about COVID, which countries. But the plan, uh, I will uh, come back to Netherlands. I will switch something in the bikes. And then I will fly to Arbil. And from Arbil, I will see maybe I will go to Central Asia or Iran. But this is about the COVID. I don't know yet. But because I have my drone in, in Turkey, I have to go from Iraq to Turkey. And then I continue. Yeah, your drone, because you did filming also during yes. the trip. And you have a steady camera, but you also had a drone. Yeah. So you have incredible footage. And you left it in Istanbul because you couldn't take it to Egypt. Egypt so you yeah, have to yes. pick it up. What about the, the footage? Are you planning, because you're going to show us two short videos, yes. are you planning to do a bigger film? N now I, I'm not really sure where my direction, but it looks like I will make maybe very short films about each country. But the things when, when you are traveling, you are not, don't have really actually a time to sit and see. I have two Terra materials, so it's a lot. So, and somehow I am, I'm between to make it a big movie or I, like a really a movie, because also I come from artist background, so I can, I'm there, or to make it like a TV, YouTube series, like about, because yeah, I don't know when I'm reach yeah. India, what's will happen. I don't know. Like I really don't have any clue what's will happen in there. But I'm more active in Instagram and in YouTube. I'm putting some videos. Yeah. I try to make now small videos to talk about some subjects. So if people want to follow you, if listeners of the podcast want to see some of your material or follow you on uh, social media, where do they go? Yeah, first uh, in uh, Instagram, my name is Salah on bike. And also we have uh, one page, me and Ninka, we posted about the stories of the people we meet. It's called Terhal on bike. And Terhal coming from uh, Terhal, like from traveling. Terhal in Arabic is traveling. Yeah. <laughs> I will post the links of that in the show notes of the podcast so that people can easily access it. And then through there, if they had any questions to you or if they wanted to reach out, they can always yeah. contact you. And also the YouTube uh, links is in my Instagram so they can also click it. Subscribe. So we here in the Gister are going to watch those videos now and the podcast listeners can go and click on the link in the show notes and see the video. I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I know you you would be able to talk for yeah. more hours and hours. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate that you came all the way from Nablus to Beitsahur to, to talk to us. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you, Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. 
You can click the links in the show notes to go and see the videos and to check out the social media. And I would also like to remind you that since a couple of weeks, I have a Redbubble webshop where you can find merchandise and order directly to your home a large number of items on which you can have the logo of Stories from Palestine podcast printed. This logo was designed by Palestinian artist Ayat Arafa with the help of my children, Louise and Hadi, who made the drawings for the logo. You can also find the different separate drawings there that you can also choose to get printed on one of the items that you like in the webshop. So I would say go and check it out. It's one way to help the podcast. You can help the podcast by sharing it with other people. You can help the podcast by doing a donation on the coffee and also by buying some merchandise so that people get acquainted with the Stories from Palestine podcast when they see the logo. And it also helps me financially. All the links that you need can be found in the show notes and on the website storiesfrompalestine.info. That's it. I hope you will tune in again next week. <laughs>